0: Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Warner Ha, huh, the chair of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Alabama Birmingham. So, and again, I'd like to welcome you to this monthly episode of Women's Health with Dr. Ha. Huh. And today, we're going to talk about something that most of the public knows little or nothing about, which is cord blood donation. And actually, ironically, it's cord blood donation awareness month. So it's an ideal time for us to discuss and uh, bring up this topic. And so with me today are two awesome guests, Dr. Brian Casey, who is a professor in the Department of Research and Gynecology. He's also the Division Director of Maternal-Fetal Medicine and the Vice Chair of Obstetrics here at UAB. And also with us today is uh, Luis Hernandez, who's the Director of Cellular Therapies for LifeSouth Community Blood Centers. And one of his many responsibilities, I'm sure, is to oversee all aspects of the uh, CORD blood program from collection to distribution. So welcome Dr. Casey and Mr. Hernandez.
1: Thank you, Dr. How.
0: Thank you. Okay. So let's talk about cord blood collection. And I guess I mentioned earlier, this is like the ideal time to do this podcast, given that it's a uh, cord blood awareness month. So Dr. Casey, can you tell me a little bit about what exactly is cord blood collection and how this is collected for our listeners? So umbilical cord blood that we collect is typically the
1: blood that is left in the cord and the placenta after the cord is clamped and cut and the baby is either handed off to the pediatricians or placed on the mother's chest for skin to skin. It's typically blood that is disposed as medical waste. However, it is an important resource for stem cells that can help us out in curing several diseases. We typically, as I say, collect it, the providers collect it at the time of delivery.
0: And so maybe, Mr. Hannes, you can tell us, what exactly is the cord blood to be used for and how is the banking actually done?
2: We partner with several hospitals, such as UAB, different collectors, to collect the cord blood. We receive it at our processing facility. Basically, we remove the RBCs, plasma waste, and just leave basically the layer that we refer to as Buffy Coat, which is... All the hemopoietic stem cells that are left, we then cryopreserve those units and we list them on the national registry for transplant centers to be looking for a match. The core blood is used, like Dr. Casey said, to treat various diseases such as leukemias, lymphomas, or other disorders with the blood or immune system.
0: And so I think it's important for the listener to know why there's increased awareness around cord blood collection and its benefits. So I thought maybe, Dr. Casey, you just could comment a little bit on that.
1: Yeah, thanks, Dr. Hobb. Cord blood collection is a relatively young science. We've only been doing it for the last 40 years or so. And it's important that we understand that it is a resource, the stem cells that you can get from cord blood are a resource that can be used to help individuals not necessarily related to the mom or the baby after banking. So, like I said, it's important to bring awareness that we have this incredible resource that isn't often used or captured. And so this month of July is really important for us to bring it to future moms or new moms, that this is something that is an opportunity for them to help others with cord blood that would otherwise be really kind of thrown away as medical waste.
0: So aside from the actual process of collecting the cord blood, spinning it down, storing it, putting on a registry, I was wondering if one of you could comment on what research is being done around cord blood, including here at UAB and and worldwide.
1: Luis, I'll take that one first and just sort of comment on the research that's being done here at UAB. We've had multiple collaborative scientists looking at cord blood in the study of Epstein-Barr virus and in HIV-related cancers, as well as sickle cell anemia. And as Luis, I think, will probably talk about, is one of the benefits of donating blood, if it's not acceptable for banking, is it can be used for other research throughout the country and the world, frankly. So Luis, you want to jump in and add some more to that?
2: Absolutely, yeah. We've provided units for research. One of the most recent clinical trials that we participated in was called the COBIS trial, which was seeing how cord blood could be used to treat patients with strokes. That's an ongoing clinical trial with Duke University. But I think there's many different trials ongoing, and I think there's a great resource called Parent's Guide to Cord Blood, where you can find various information of all the clinical trials that are occurring around the world.
0: And my understanding is that UAB and Lysouth have essentially created a partnership in terms of promoting and advocating core blood collection. And I was just curious if one of you can comment on how exactly are you promoting collection? How are you making this aware to patients and their partners and, you know, educating just the general obstetrical community about this?
1: I can't say enough good things about LifeSouth. LifeSouth came to us a little bit over a year ago and wanted to engage UAB in perhaps offering cord blood donation to our patients delivering here at UAB. And after some negotiations of how we were going to do that, starting in February, we've been offering to all of our patients the opportunity to donate cord blood through LifeSouth for banking and if they elect to do so for research. And here at UAB, it has been an enormously collaborative experience between our nurses on the front line who are approaching patients when they come into labor and delivery for delivery, our nurses and providers out in the outlying clinics when they interact with patients, providing them with information about the possibility of blood banking, and the research staff here at UAB also helping us coordinate the collection of the blood and the processing of the blood and preparing it to, to send off to Life South. So it has been a really gratifying experience from my perspective to see the great collaborative effort between the folks here at UEB
0: and Life South. Mr. Hannes, I don't know if you have any thoughts on your perspective on your side of the relationship.
2: No, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better partner than a UAB, and I think Dr. Casey nailed it. It's really all of the staff there, the OBGYN providers, the nurses, Dr. Casey himself. It's just been fantastic, and we try to provide marketing material, information that can be handed out. We try to in front of expecting mothers as much as possible before they arrive for delivery, but can't take away the credit. It really is the UAB staff that is doing all the hard work. So we really appreciate it.
0: That's awesome. So I have an additional question for the two of you. So I haven't practiced obstetrics in about 25 years, but when I was a resident many years ago, I remember collecting cord blood for patients and couples, and they paid a fee to store their cord blood to have it banked. I guess the question I have, is there a fee for for patients to donate their cord blood on this program?
2: There is no fee. That is the difference between public banking and family or private banking. So we're a public cord blood bank. Once the unit is Donated, we basically list that on the national registry, and it's available for any patient in need around the world. Whereas family banking or private banking, there is a cost that's associated to that. That unit can only be used within a related family member. Once you donate either public or private, you can't switch back and forth from the other. There is no cost to the patients. LifeSouth incurs all costs related to the donation.
0: Okay, that's helpful because I think some of our listeners are maybe thinking about the exact same question. And again, for those who are listening, I think the difference is, as uh, Mr. Hernandez says, the distinction between a public registry and one that's private. And I think this kind of goes without saying, but I'm going to ask it, given that this blood is largely discarded, as Dr. Casey said, it seems to me like we should make an effort to basically collect core blood on all patients, even for a public registry. So Do you see it ever becoming a time in which this becomes the standard of care and we routinely collect core blood with the patient's consent and put it on a registry or even a personal banking?
1: I think I would love that. And I think probably Luis Hernandez would love that as well for Life South. But currently it is a blood specimen that is being donated. And so it is a consent process for patients. Patients have to be asked and consent to providing the specimen. And I think Your question really underlines the importance of Cord Blood Awareness Month and why we're having this conversation today is if we can increase the awareness for our patients like we're doing here at UAB at many other hospitals across Alabama and the country, I think we would all see much more utilization of cord blood for treating patients throughout the world.
2: Absolutely. I completely agree with Dr. Casey. I think just making more and more people aware of the uses of cord blood. Whenever I speak about this, we don't actually compete with private banking. What we're competing with is the biohazard bin. This is being discarded different facilities across the country and it's a rich source that can help. The more units that are collected and processed and listed on the registry, the better the chances for everybody. And I think one of the important notes to make is diversity is huge. So the chances of somebody of a minority patient to find a match is a lot less than, for instance, a Caucasian. And I think closing the gap for everybody, including Caucasian patients in need, is really important.
0: No, I appreciate both your comments. And that's, again, for our listeners, I think this is a major takeaway point. And, you know, I just think that this is a way to give back to the community. And, and I think that it's something that probably is under-recognized. And I think with the work that both Mr. Hernandez as well as Dr. Casey are doing is huge. And I think so for some of our pregnant listeners or soon-to-be pregnant listeners, I would just hope that this is something that you all will strongly consider. I think it's a huge public service to the community. So anyway, um, again, as always, I learned a tremendous amount doing these podcasts, and this one is really no exception. And I personally want to thank Dr. Casey and Mr. Nance for updating on Core Blood Collection and the importance of this at UAB and beyond, and to make our listeners aware of the unique relationship that we have with LifeSouth. And again, as always, please rate this podcast, and uh, we welcome any comments, particularly on topics that you're interested in listening about. And for more services about this core blood program with LifeSouth or any of our obstetrical services and expertise and all clinical services that UAB provides, please check out uabmedicine.org. And until next time, I hope you all have a great day. Please be safe. Take care and peace out. Bye-bye.